What's going on, guys? Welcome back to this week's episode of Outside the Arena. I'm Griffin Seneca, joined alongside my co-host, Devin Bernstein. Once again, we're back. NFL Combine going on this week. Been fun to see uh, the players running their 40s, doing the interviews. Um, we had a crazy, crazy game in the NBA between the Lakers and the Clippers. We're going to touch on that in a second. NFL free agency on the horizon now, I believe, you know, around 10 days or so from when we're filming this. So, lot to be excited about for sports fans. But like I said, we're going to talk about that crazy game between the Lakers and the Clippers to start. Kind of, you know, took the NBA world by storm a little bit. LeBron James kind of going super sane in the end. The Lakers won it 116-112. to 112. I think they played yesterday or since. And then, yeah, they played the Wizards in one and OT. So they've been in some crazy games this week. Um, obviously, a team that gets a lot of attention. Your thoughts on this game, Dev? I know Paul George wasn't in there. So... Um, you know, it's not a full healthy or, or, you know, true representation, I guess, of the Clippers, but your thoughts on that game and, and just the Lakers in general. Yeah. I mean, like, look, the Lakers kind of made this improbable run last year and, you know, everyone kind of expected that they would either stay healthy and be much better this year from the get-go, or they would, you know, struggle with injuries, whatever, and kind of be in a similar position. And in a weird way, they haven't really struggled with injuries, especially to their top players. And they haven't really been good enough to be like, oh, they're going to definitely make the playoffs. Like right now they're in the ninth or the 10th seed, which would mean two must-win games just to get into the playoffs. Um, But I don't know. I just keep asking myself the question, like, would I be surprised if the Lakers won another series or two this year? And like the answer is just like, no. Like, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, um, listen, like, LeBron was hurt last year in the playoffs. He, I don't know to what extent, to be honest. Like, I don't know if he was 80% of himself or 95 or whatever. Um, But, like, the LeBron we saw against the Clippers a couple nights ago is not someone who anyone wants to see in the playoffs. Like, like, he, again, he's not quite as good as he used to be. Obviously, he's not the best player in the world. But, like, even last year against the Nuggets, they got swept. Like, he was able to, you know, keep them in a lot of those games just with his pure, like, talent. I mean, like, he started guarding Jokic at times. Like, and then, obviously, we saw in the recent matchup against the Clippers where he was guarding Kawhi a, a lot of the fourth quarter. It's just just impressive to see someone who's 39 and and just doing it on both ends completely carrying his team for stretches of the game um i mean obviously the jumper with lebron is not like the main thing but he's shooting like 41% from 3 this year which has been really huge um kind of the lakers best shooter in a sad way um and it it just feels like He'll make one three and then he's just like instantly going for the yeah. heat check as soon as he gets the ball again. But it works when he's hitting these threes. Um, yeah, I mean, he just he completely took over that fourth quarter like like it was no one's business. Like he made Kawhi and, and Harden look like they had no business being on the court with him. Um, I mean, he made it look like no one had any any court being on the any business being on the court with him like. He outscored the Clippers. He was making passes. Like I said, the defense was huge the last stop. Um, and I guess 
it's just interesting because the Lakers seem to find themselves in the position where they play horribly for three quarters and then have to play like a hundred percent perfect for a quarter and then they <laughs> kind of pull these games out weirdly at, at, in random ways and I don't know it's just like you've got LeBron you've got AD D'Angelo Russell has started to figure it out like he's he's having a pretty good season you know he's inconsistent as hell but he can give you 25 30 in a playoff game at any point Austin Reeves um I did expect him to kind of be the the big improver on this team um and he hasn't really improved although he hasn't been bad um so I guess it'll be interesting to see what that's like but again it's just like if the Lakers get into the dance and especially if they play a team like the Timberwolves or the Thunder in the first round it's like yeah I'm sorry like they might win that series guys like especially the Timberwolves where they have the size to kind of you know get in their heads they they're kind of similar teams where they don't have a ton of shooting. They have a really good defensive big man and a few star offensive players um, to kind of keep the offense together, but struggle with shooting, especially. So I I kind of feel like the matchup there is, is similar and it's just going to come down to, you know, who's able to get the tough buckets. Um, and again, it's like it's LeBron James in a, in a, you know, at the end of a few close games, you're probably taking him over most of the guys in the world, even if he's not, you know, a top three player at this point. Um, Yeah. I mean, listen, the Lakers, they have, they're in the constant tough position of trying to say, we're going to be horrible once LeBron leaves anyway, but we can't be so horrifically bad where we don't have a single pick or asset that we have looking forward. But it's also like you have one of the best players of all time in the very end of his career. So it's a super hard thing to balance. I don't, I I still won't, will never get why they haven't addressed, you know, getting a a sharpshooter at the last two deadlines. It's just like these guys feel so easy to find and they just make your offense so much better. Um, Boyan Bogdanovich went for less than a first round pick. It's, I mean, and Grimes as well, but I'm sure they could have figured something out to get him or Burks or both. Um, But again, it's like they have the defensive personnel. You have LeBron and AD. I'm giving them a a puncher's chance in basically any series. Um, Yeah, I mean, I guess the biggest question in terms of how far they can go would really be like how like how great is LeBron at the at this point in his career? Like can he give you, you know, 38 and nine for an entire playoff run? And that's so ridiculous to say, cause he's 39 freaking years old, but like, it feels like that would be their best chance unless AD goes like completely scorched earth, which just feels like it's not going to happen to be honest. Um, yeah, I mean, listen, like the Lakers always get so much attention because you know, they have LeBron and it's a historic franchise and, you know, they won all the championships and people get really tired of them. But like, sometimes you just got to appreciate what we're watching. Like this dude is 39 years old. He has a son who's playing college basketball and he just completely took over a game against a top flight NBA contender. Like that's pretty freaking awesome. And I had just been happy to see a lot of people appreciating it because, I would say until around the bubble, I I never appreciated that 
I get to watch LeBron James all the time. And, you know, once he retires, I might not ever watch a player as good as him in basketball. Um, but although Wembenyama is probably going to change that. <laughs> um, but, you know, like, it's just it's just great to see how everyone has been like, oh, wow, like, good for you, LeBron. This is sick. Like, and I just think that's a that's a good moment for a pretty toxic NBA community. Um, but, yeah, I do think the Lakers have some chance. I won't be surprised if they do anything special in the playoffs, but I also won't be surprised if they lose in the play-in because the odds are stacked against them. But, like, I'll say this. It does depend on on where they finish and who they play. Like, they end up as the eighth seed and they get to play, say, the Kings in that 7-8 play-in game and they just have to win that game to move on to the first round. Like, I'm going to pick them. But if they end up as the nine or the 10 seed and they have to play the Warriors and then, like, the Suns in two straight elimination games, like, that just feels like it's too much to take out of a team before the playoffs even start. Um, You know, maybe they could have one good series but again it's just like how like can LeBron play 26 straight games of like 38 minutes where he's running the show completely like that seems a little bit far-fetched at this point so obviously their margin for error is super thin they like don't leave the state of California for most of the month of March so they're gonna have a lot of home games they play the Nuggets tonight I I think Jamal Murray is gonna be out honestly I bet they're gonna win that game if Jamal Murray is not playing um yeah, I mean, like, they do have a tough schedule, but these are basically all home games. I expect them to start picking up some wins and at least make it some conversation of whether they can get into at least the top half of the plan. Um, But, yeah, I mean, what are your thoughts on this? Obviously, we're both huge LeBron fans, for those who don't know. Like, I mean, I was just, it was just awesome to watch this was my main reaction. Yeah, you know, I think Skip Bayless tweeting like great game from LeBron James. I mean, says about everything you need to know. I mean, it was a a great performance. Um, some crazy quotes in the press conference after um, from Tarvin Ham. But yeah, you know, this is this is what the Lakers can be. You know, LeBron is still one of the best players in the NBA. Anthony Davis at his best is one of the best players in the NBA, and they have solid guys around them: Rui Hachimura, Austin Reeves. Um, you know, D'Angelo Russell, you know, is a solid scorer. So they've got the pieces and we saw it last year. I mean, they're capable of making a run. It's just, you know, they just don't have that consistency whatsoever. I mean, they're, I was looking at the standings just now and um, the, they're very good at home. They're 21 and nine at home, but they're just terrible on the road. Like they cannot win a road game to save their life. Um, so yeah, it, it kind of is what it is with them. They just got to switch gear because, you know, like you mentioned, like they're right now in the 10 seed. They are only, you know, three games out from that six seed where they won't have to be in the plane or, um, you know, one and a half from the eight where they would get two chances at least. Um, so by no means are they, you know, screwed. And it's funny because you look at the Eastern Conference standings and they would be like, you know, right in the seven, eight range. You know, I, I mean, I thought it was actually going to be higher. Six, they'd be around six even. So um you know they're gonna have to play good basketball down the stretch and but this is where LeBron historically has you know stepped up and when the moments <laughs> excuse me oh, I see. when the lights are bright you know that's when LeBron is at his best so um yeah like I think you covered it well the Clippers are a very good team I mean obviously I think Westbrook just fractured his hand and Paul George was out in this one but you know they're gonna be around I mean the whole West right now is super interesting because 
you know, especially those top two teams so young. I mean, it's crazy. Minnesota is the, the number one team in the, uh, in the West, but you know, it's going to be a, a really fun playoffs in the West. I mean, there's so many, you look at Phoenix is number five. They got Katie D book and, and Bradley Beal. I mean, it's going to be a, a really fun playoffs in the West. I think lot, uh, you know, this Lakers Clippers game was, was kind of just a preview of what's to come. So super exciting. I think. Agreed. Yeah. Um, you want to move on to free agency? Yeah, let's do it. <clears throat> okay. So yeah, I mean, um, I think, yeah, I, I don't remember the exact date it starts, but it's, it's like around a week and a half. or Yeah. So. I would imagine it's like the Wednesday. It's probably like 13th or something like that would be my guess. That, that does sound right. Um, so yeah, I mean, we just have some guys we want to talk about, um, in terms of like where, where we think they could be headed, tag possibilities, um, you know, some, what we think a deal could look like, obviously we're no GM, so we don't know exactly what it'll look like, but the first guy, obviously the, probably the biggest fish, probably the best overall player would be Chris Jones. Um, I mean, I'll just start from off the bat. Like, I don't think he's, he's looking to get out of Kansas city. Um, I think the only situation he would leave is if Kansas city offers him, you know, say a, a two year, you know, $50 million deal and someone else offers like a four year, $135 million deal. Like, you know, I, I just don't see him leaving unless the, the, the money would suggest that you'd be stupid not to. Um, I think they're going to try to find a way to make it work here. Probably a shorter term deal, both because of age and the chief's long-term, you know, salary cap, you know, they just have a lot of guys that they're going to want to pay eventually. Yeah. Um, along with that Mahomes contract, of course, which I do expect them to restructure. Um, in terms of where else I could see him going, it always feels like the Rams are just kind of due to like get a superstar at some yeah. point. Um, again, I, I, I don't see him doing that necessarily. Um, I don't see him going anywhere else. Uh, Like I said, but if he does go somewhere else, I feel like the Rams could be sneaky looking at top salary cap teams. A lot of these teams suck. I don't know why he would want to go there. Like the Texans could be really interesting. And and then my, my dark horse that I guess if I had to pick a team he's going to besides the chiefs, I would say the lions they're, they're desperate for some star power on that defense. They have money. They have a winning culture. They, you know, they they could make an offer that would at least be intriguing to Chris Jones. But like I said, like he feels like someone who's probably going to be a chief for life. Like yeah. he's won three Super Bowls. He's one of the best defensive players in the league. He's made a ton of money. He can continue to make a ton of money. So unless there's just a huge difference in, in his offers, I, I do see him staying with Kansas City. How about you? Yeah, I feel the same way. I mean, I think you covered it pretty well, so I'm not going to go too in depth. Um, you know, I think from what it sounds like too, you know, they're working on a deal that they're hopefully going to get one done. And he's just that key part of the defense and they know that and and they don't want to see him go anywhere. And I don't think he wants to go anywhere. So yeah, I think they'll get a long-term deal done. I think Chris Jones will be a chief for life. So that's all I got. Um, moving along to the next player, Kirk Cousins, um, the top quarterback available um you know it's gonna be interesting to see the contract he ends up getting because i think it will be big but he's also coming off the torn achilles so be interesting to see where teams keep that in mind 
you know, outside of Minnesota, I know Atlanta's been mentioned as a potential landing spot. Um, what are your thoughts on this one, Dev? Yeah, um, I guess my first thought is the place that should be getting brought up more, and there's definitely a level of maybe this team just isn't looking for Kirk that much. Um, I don't know why the Steelers aren't like the main team here. Like they feel like the team that has probably the best roster that's looking for a quarterback like that. Um, besides I guess the Vikings. Um and it just feels like like Tomlin would love to just have like a no nonsense proven veteran quarterback type. Um you know, they've been rumored for a Tannehill. They they clearly value having a Mason Rudolph who's who's a veteran backup type in the in the you know locker room, which again, I don't think Mason Rudolph should be your starter, but <laughs> I, I can understand why he's he's someone you care about as a backup who showed he can play. Um another weird surprise. I, I thought that dude really sucked, but um yeah, back to Kirk, like this guy. <laughs> has been in free agency so many times it feels like like back in 2016 like he got tagged like time and time again by the at the time redskins now the commanders um and then obviously signed a, a few huge deals with the vikings i believe both of them were fully guaranteed um so i expect him to get paid he had what i would consider his best season last year from when he was playing um just on a per game basis. It was the only game, the only year where I saw Kirk and was like, okay, this guy's like a really, really good quarterback. Um, you know, a top end quarterback, a difference maker, you know, who elevates his team. Um, like we saw that Niners game. I'll be honest, I'm really in on Kirk Cousins if I if I'm the Vikings, obviously trying to retain him. I'm really in if I'm the Falcons, and I'm really in if I'm the Steelers. Like, these are good rosters. The Falcons, it would be a little bit interesting. Like, I'd imagine that this would be like the perfect, like Kyle Pitts would just be licking his lips. Um, like, but at the same time, he has like three touchdowns in his career. So it just yeah. feels like there's so much variance with how his career pans out. Similar thing could be said with Drake London. Like, I feel like he's a good player, but the production really hasn't been incredible. Um, so I guess those two guys are just interesting in terms of like could Kirk get twelve hundred yard seasons out of both of them because that that instantly makes the signing really worth it. Yeah, obviously you've got Bijan, good offensive line. I like the Raheem Morris hire. I would say that's my favorite destination, but like I said, like I like the Steelers. I understand why the Vikings, um, you know, would be a good spot for him. They probably have the most offensive talent. Uh top tackle duo and obviously great receiving room. So I don't really think Kirk can go wrong here. I think, and I don't think the teams that want Kirk can really go wrong here either. I I, I think um, it's rare. You see just like a good, you know, this guy's a good starting quarterback on the market. Obviously the last time we saw that was really like Brady in a way. Um, And, you know, Brady, didn't take the hugest deal. I don't know what Cousins is going to be looking for. Maybe he's just saying, I want to get paid as my last huge contract. Maybe he's saying, I want a Super Bowl. Um, I, I guess my prediction would be he does stay with the Vikings. Just feels like they have too good of a roster to go through a full rebuild right now. Um, so they might, you know, they might have to really offer him 
you know, maybe like a two year, 110 million, 115 million, which is a lot of money, but it's like, this guy's a good starting quarterback. He's going to go for a lot of money. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think Kirk's a good player. I unless the Achilles, um, you know, he loses that that talent, that huge, that amazing athleticism he had. Um, I, I really don't see him, you know, falling off. Even though he's older and coming off a major injury, I do think Kirk Cousins is a is a worthwhile investment for most of these teams. Yeah, definitely. I think he'll stay with Minnesota. I think. They got to resign him. I mean, then, you know, if they don't resign him, then you're resetting the quarterback carousel. You really have no option in place. You don't really have a top draft pick. You know, you're probably then thinking about a, a Bo Nix and Michael Penix, a JJ McCarthy as the, the franchise quarterback. Um, and when you have a guy like Justin Jefferson, I mean, I know is Kirk Cousins good enough to go win you a Super Bowl? Probably not. But, you know, are any of those guys going to be like, who knows? I mean, I don't know. I'm not a big JJ McCarthy guy. Um, Penix, you know, I, I think he's shown that superstar potential. Will it translate to the NFL? That'll be interesting. Bo Nix can see kind of being like a, a Baker Mayfield kind of like this season level starter, like kind of average. Um, so I don't know. I feel like Kirk, it's worked out. He knows the system. It seems like the players really like him. I mean, Jefferson, it seems like really loves him. And, you know, I, I think obviously getting a Jefferson deal is the probably top priority, but I think Kirk is almost just as important just because you need someone to throw the ball to Jefferson. And, you know, I think that should be Kirk Cousins. So, you know, kind of boring, but I'm going to say he stays. This next name, um, I think he's going to get the franchise tag. So um, I won't even really go into it. It's Josh Allen, the defensive end, not the quarterback. Um, so I'm going to say he stays in Jacksonville. I feel like, you know, he had a crazy season last year. I think he had like 17 and a half or 18 and a half sacks. Um, so, if they don't get a long-term deal done, you know, they probably will in the future, but I, I don't think he's going anywhere. So I'm not even going to really spend much time on this one. Yeah, no, agreed. Um, the only thing I have to say about this, you know, situation is that I think the Jags have made a lot of mistakes in the last couple of years. Um, you know, with the Trayvon Walker pick and not extending Josh Allen earlier, it just feels like, you know, They've they've kind of messed this edge group up a little bit to where yeah. they could be cheaper and better than they are. But you're right. I mean, there's no way they're just gonna let him out the building like that. Like they're they're franchise tagging him if they can't come to a deal. Um, I'm honestly I'm almost surprised they haven't even announced that already. Yeah, I don't know. Who knows? Um, but again, yeah, I, I do expect that to happen. Um, moving on, almost a similar situation. Um, Brian Burns, although I would say there's more of a likelihood he's on another team next year, but I, I do doubt that that's from free agency. My guess would be he either gets tagged, tagged and extended, or tagged and traded. Um, I think Brian Burns is a really good player. I think he can be maybe not the best pass rusher in a super elite unit, but I think he could be at least your number one edge in a in a good pass rush unit, um, you know, very athletic has potential. He's still pretty young coming off his first deal. A lot of times we don't see edge rushers really, you know, reach their potential or their, their, you know, ceiling until, you know, middle of their second contract, which is what we're looking at for Burns. So I do, I do think he's someone who it's like, yeah, I get why the team would, would say this is going to be our big move of the off season. Um, and for the Panthers, it's like their number one priority has to be 
salvaging the Bryce Young situation. And if you were to get, you know, say the Eagles call and say, hey, we'll give you pick 20 and, you know, maybe Hassan Reddick, who's who's on the trade bet block, could get involved in that deal somehow. Um, You know, he's a kind of a similar player, was on the Panthers, a bit older than Burns, so I'd expect him to go for less. Um, but, you know, again, it just depends. But what the Panthers really want, like, do they want to see if they can get a top 20 pick and, and go try to get a great receiver like a Brian Thomas Jr. Um, or, you know, are they content sitting at the top of the second round and taking the best receiver there and, and just keeping their roster, keeping the few good pieces they have intact? Um, could see them going either way. Don't see him out outright signing with another team. Yeah. Um, but... Yeah, what are your thoughts on Burns? Yeah, I think he's going to get tagged and traded. Um, I feel like there's just been, like, if an extension was going to happen, I feel like it would happen at this point. I mean, we've just heard about this with him for a few years now. Um, and I think he's going to get traded to a team that's been in heavy discussions about him for a while, and that's the Rams. Um, they clearly seem to like him. They finally have, you know, a lot of their draft picks now. I mean, they have a first this year. I don't know if they'd trade that. Um, you know, maybe next year's first or, or something like that. I don't know exactly what the package would look like, but I think you pair him on that defensive line with Aaron Donald. You know, they've proven they can draft well. The offense is going to be good. You've got Puka Nakua, Kyron Williams, Cooper Cup still there. Um, obviously, Matt Stafford. And, you know, I think they should be aggressive because I think their time to win is now. You know, we don't know how many more years of elite play Stafford's going to have. I mean, he's what, 38, 39 probably now. Uh, maybe 36. I don't really know. Uh, I think he's older. I feel like he's 38. Um, 36. Okay, I'm wrong. So, uh, you know, he's still got a few years in the tank, and I think you got to go for it. I think Brian Burns is a guy they clearly like. I think the fit makes sense. They have the money to do it. And, uh, yeah, that's where I'm going to send Brian Burns. I think, you know, it's kind of like when they traded for Von Miller, like pairing him up with Aaron Donald worked out well. And I think they just need another pass rusher. And, you know, I think, you know, they clearly like him. So getting a long-term deal with him, long-term deal done with him after a trade, I think makes sense. So I'm going to have Brian Burns going to the Rams through a trade. Yeah, I I could definitely see that happen. I don't know why I didn't think about that because the Rams, <laughs> or, or the Rams have been rumored with him for a while. Yeah, like, they, like, I could definitely see that happening. Um, Next up, Mike Evans, who I believe – there was a report that it's it's unlikely he gets the tag just because that number would be bigger for some reason based off his previous contract. I, I don't really understand how the franchise tag works. Yeah, how, I, how can he money. still get the tag? He's like 30. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't really understand how that works. But um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously the doomsday scenario here is him just saying, fuck you guys and going to the Chiefs probably. Um, like, cause I, I mean, I feel like he and Mahomes would just have like unreal chemistry. That would be nuts. Yeah. Um, I mean, Mike Evans is such a good deep threat, like just a huge body has the athleticism to separate still, um, great hands, uh, you know, one of the most consistent receivers of our generation, you know, this guy is an absolute stud and is still playing at a hall of famer. Yeah, Hall of Famer, Hall of Famer. Uh, still playing at a ridiculously high level. That being said, I don't know 
exactly who would be who would stand out as a huge Mike Evans team besides the Bucks and the Chiefs. Um, he's a bit older, probably not a top eight receiver. Um, yeah. again, this is no slight to Mike Evans, but he's not, I guess, someone they you know who would be considered you know some elite you know groundbreaking weapon. Yeah. Uh, top of the market type guy, but I do expect him to get a very big contract, probably his last very big contract. I don't know because the Bucks don't have enough cap space to keep both Baker and Evans. And it feels like you kind of only want to keep one if you're keeping the other in a weird way. Um, Like, I'm not sure if I would want to bring Baker back on a long-term deal if I'm getting rid of his wide receiver one. And I'm not sure if I'd want to bring Evans back on a long-term deal if he doesn't have a quarterback. So I don't really know what happens here. I guess they can, you know, kind of just push the money into the future, restructure some contracts and and say, we got to keep Baker with the season he had and we can't let Mike Evans go. But I've just had a gut feeling for a while that that dude's heading to the Chiefs. Um, I just feel like that that would be like the the fuck you move of the off season um it just that just feels like what's happening to me um and i don't know if i was mike evans i would be wanting to go you know play with patrick Mahomes and be his number one receiver but uh money talks as well so i wouldn't be surprised if he stays with the bucks yeah you know i i kind of wish and hope he stays with the Bucs. I just feel like he's one of those guys that should be, you know, on the same team for his whole career. Um, but I'm going to have him go elsewhere. I think Green Bay would be a great spot for him. I Ooh. think they need a number one. Um, you know, the receiving core is solid, but they they just don't have that guy. And I think you bring Mike Evans in. I think that would help Jordan Love out a lot. I think it would help the other guys out in that receiving room a lot. And then all of a sudden, you know, you still got Aaron Jones there. Like, that's probably one of the better offenses in the entire NFL um so I think that's a move that I really like a lot um you know I think that's kind of a move to to get Green Bay just like that extra edge and make a push to to take down the Lions and you know the Bears will probably be competitive the Vikings will likely be competitive so it's gonna be a good division and I think you need a true number one if you're Green Bay and I think Mike Evans just just makes sense so that's what I have um yeah yeah next up um uh, an absolute stud from the Chiefs again, Legereus Sneed. Um, you know there have been reports. I believe they did place the tag on him, or it's it's seeming they're like, going to. Yeah, he's not yeah. gonna walk for free. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. I mean, so really, the options we're looking at here are he plays out the franchise tag, signs an extension with the Chiefs, or gets traded and signs an extension somewhere else. Um, the first thing I'll say is, is if I'm Howie Roseman, take number, I forgot exactly what pick it is, but take it, um, take our first round pick. We got luxurious need. That seems like a win-win to me. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, I mean, he like at, I mean, a true number one corner. Um, I was, you know, I was thinking to myself, like, when I saw the report, I think it was it was that they're preparing to live life without Legereus. Yeah. Um, and I was thinking to myself, like, would I rather have a McDuffie who can play inside and outside and kind of do a little bit of everything, but isn't your typical 
shut down the number one receiver type, or do I want Legarius Sneed, who is that type of guy, but not necessarily you're going to want to put on, you know, the, you know, quickest, shiftiest slot receivers in the league. And I think I decided that I'd want a Trent McDuffie on my team if I was the Chiefs, kind of a do-it-all, you know, you can put him on anyone, and then you have a, a few other good players in that secondary. Obviously, you would rather have both, but... Yeah. um. <laughs> You know, it just might not be financially tenable for the Chiefs, Um, you know, between Jones and potentially trying to bring in another receiver, you know, be it Evans or a smaller guy. I just have the feeling that they're going to end up having to trade Snead. Um, he's a great player, Um, a bit older for a guy coming off his first contract. So I wouldn't be surprised if like he gets just like a little bit less in, in trade value or, or contract value than you would expect. Um, yeah, I mean, this is tough because you win the Super Bowl, you never want to let somebody this good go, but it, it does feel like probably the best move for the chiefs. Um, some other landing spots I'm, I'm trying to think of, uh, the commanders could be interesting. Uh, you know, new owner syndrome is definitely a thing. But the team I really was thinking about was the uh, the Colts. They have money. They have picks. I don't think that they, they're going into the draft with a big enough need at any position where I'm like, oh, they need their first round pick for this. Like, yeah. I think they're probably the team that, that stood out to me the most for Legarius need. Um defensively they like to play a lot of press coverage a lot of you know cover three I think what Jerry Sneed fits well into that um so that would be my prediction on where he goes probably a trade I feel like just this the Colts first round pick straight up might be a little too much so maybe it's like yeah. a first for him and a third something mm-hmm. like that um but that would be my prediction on where Sneed goes what about you I'm going to say Detroit in a trade. I think uh, the Lions got a lot of cap space. That secondary we talked about all year, like it just really isn't good enough. They kind of filled it with some veterans this year. And I think, you know, now's the time you go out, you get your star player on defense, at bes- you know, besides Aiden Hutchinson, obviously. But, you know, they need that player in the secondary. Uh, CJ Gardner-Johnson is going to be a free agent. I know there was, you know, talk about him going back to the Eagles. So he might not be back next year. So they really need someone um you know they've got youth all around the board i mean they've hit the drafts out of the park so and their first round pick i think is 29 so you know i think that's probably you know that for 29 probably feels about right um but you know i think that's a fit that that makes sense and you know you talk about the chiefs obviously you know they want to keep you want to keep them but you know they've proven they can figure it out with that you know you trade tyree kill and you win two super bowls so you know i think they're they're not any uh you know they're not any stranger to the situation. I mean, Brett Feach does such a great job year in and year out with assembling this roster. Um, and I think, you know, right now probably their more pressing need is, is at the wide receiver position. So investing in that, taking away from corner, you know, it'll be interesting to see. I think they have another corner on the roster that played some this year. That's pretty solid. I don't really remember exactly. Jalen Watson, I believe. Yeah. I think, you know, they've got options. I'm sure they, you know, go through the draft or use one of these picks on a corner. Maybe a Cooper DeJean is, is next the 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 white lightning Kansas City quarterback cornerback? <laughs> I mean, the new D- Daniel Sorensen for that team. <laughs> I, you can already see it. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna go with Snead to Detroit. I feel like it makes sense, and I feel like Detroit. You know, they're at the point where you know I think they need to start investing in in some real talent and, and go for it because they were right there this year. And you know, you heard Dan Campbell say, you know, who knows when we'll be back 
you know, a guy like Legereus Sneed is, is how you get to that spot. So that's my pick for, uh, for Sneed. Moving along, uh, the best offensive lineman on the market, Tyron Smith. I saw a report like just before getting on that seems like Dallas isn't going to bring him back, which, you know, probably makes sense there. Kind of in a rough spot cap wise. You know, they're going to have to figure out a DAC extension to navigate that. Um, so it seems like he's going to be gone. Uh, I think he's 33, still one of the better tackles in the NFL. Obviously has kind of injury issues. Um, and I'll just go into it. I'm going to go with the Colts here. Um, you know, like you just mentioned, they've got money to spend. Historically, they've had a really good O-line. I think, you know, Richardson coming back, they're going to want to protect his blind side. Um, you know, I was looking at their depth chart earlier. I, you know, I think whoever they had there, let me see. Um, Bernard Raymond, I mean, to be honest, I don't really know too much about him. He was a third-round pick in 2022. Um, but I feel like I haven't heard about him, so that probably means he's not that big of a superstar. So I think the move makes sense. They've got money to spend. Like you mentioned, they don't really have one pressing, overly pressing need. And I think you pair him next to Quinn and Nelson, and the Colts get back to you know having one of the top O-lines in the league. And then you know that benefits a guy like Jonathan Taylor, too, who you know this team's built on the run. And you, know, you bring a Tyron Smith, I, I think that's how you get right back to – um, you know, what they're great at and and protecting Anthony Richardson at the same time. So I think it's a fit that makes a lot of sense. They'll be able to pay him top dollar. So I'm going with the Colts for Tyron Smith. Yeah. Um, you stole my pick. <laughs> that. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, like, yeah, Tyron Smith, like his his only thing really is the injuries and the age. Like it's yeah. not a question of how good he's gonna be when he's on the field, but um he basically misses like four or five games. Yeah. Every year, it feels like, um, yeah. I mean, in terms of the money he gets, like it's going to be like probably the same exact contract Teron Armstead got because they're basically at the same points in their careers where they're very, very good tackles, but they struggle to stay healthy. Um, yeah. I mean, like you said, like I do think Bernard Ryman has been solid, but Tyron Smith is going to miss games and he's 33. Like, it's not like you're giving up on the dude um, <laughs> by bringing in Tyron Smith. Like he could play guard. He could, you know, fill in when he's hurt. Like there are a lot of possibilities for, for Raymond to, to not, you know, fall to the wayside here. And like you said, like he hasn't been some like all pro stud. Yeah. Like I can't get rid of this guy. Um, <laughs> so I think that makes sense. Um, I think the interesting thing with the Cowboys is whether they want to move Tyler Smith to tackle or not, because mm -hmm. he was so freaking good at guard that I would be inclined to just say you're a guard. But at the same time, the right tackle situation's a mess because Terrence Steele sucks and you probably don't really have the money to bring back Tyron Smith. So you might need two tackles um, without much money. So that's, that's not a fun position to be in. So you might, have to like force Tyler Smith to tackle, but then you have to get a guard. So Cowboys have a lot of work to do on that offensive line. I wouldn't be shocked if he, if he does find his way back to the, to the Cowboys just because yes. I don't know how many other teams are, are a perfect fit. Like even like the Colts, like we said, like they're not a disaster at tackle to where they need a Tyron Smith desperately. So, I mean, I could see him, you know, just saying, okay, I'm not going to go end my career with another team because, you know, they offered me $2 million more. I'm going to be yeah. a cowboy for my whole career and not have to worry about moving my family and, and whatever. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, it feels like it makes sense on both sides to try to get something done, but the cap and the age and the injuries just make it feel like he probably adds to a team with more assets to give yeah. out. Um, Could see it going either way, though. Yeah, definitely. Moving along to the running back uh, room, we're going to highlight two guys. We'll talk about also, um, you know, some of the other big ones next week before – um, you know, for agency kicks off too. Derek Henry, the first name on the list. Um, seems like you know he's probably played his last game as a tight end, maybe not, but um, you know, he's on the list, and then we'll talk about Saquon. Um, you know, we can I'll, I'll just hit these both right now. Derek Henry, I think Baltimore is a spot I like him. I can just kind of picture him in the Ravens uniform. You know, you've got JK Dobbins, obviously, but he's coming back from uh, you know, torn Achilles, I think it is. You know, he's I really he's a free agent as well. Is he really? He might be, I think so. Oh, well, that's even perfect. That That's even better for my pick. Is he JK? Let me see. Um, yeah, he is a free agent. Okay, even better. Um, so, yeah, they need they have a need at running back. Um, they've got a good line. I think it's a, a guy that makes sense. You know, they, they kind of always have a few guys there, like a Gus Edwards type, Justice Hill. I know they had Keaton Mitchell kind of broke on the scene, but then I think, did he tear his ACL or something? Yeah, so. Yeah. Um, you know, I think getting someone established like Derrick Henry, you know, for the run game there, you know, you can still work in guys like Mitchell or, or I don't know if Gus Bus is coming back or if he's a free agent, what the deal is. Um, you still mix those guys in, but having a, a workhorse like a Derrick Henry guy can punch in, I think would add a lot to them. So I think Baltimore's a spot probably on a shorter term deal, like one or two years. I don't think Derrick Henry is probably gonna get more than that at this point. Um, so I think it fits with you know, where they're at cap wise and, and kind of just need for this team, which, you know, isn't much. I, obviously they have to bring back if they can, uh, what's his name? Justin. Matt like, or something. Yeah. Which it, he just might be too expensive at the end of the day. So, you know, it is what it is. And then real quick, Saquon, this kind of got some steam the other day. I think Houston, it makes too much sense. Um, you know, I think he should just chase the money at this point. Houston, I think we'll throw it to him and, you look at that offense then with Stroud, Saquon, Nico Collins, Tank Dell. I mean, holy cow. I, I think they should bring back Dalton Schultz as well. Um, I think he only signed a one-year deal. He was pretty good for them. Um, you know, that offensive core, I mean, holy cow. And Devin Singletary was good for them this year. Give him credit. But, you know, Saquon would just, I think, elevate this team to another level. So, you know, he can catch the ball out of the backfield as well. To me, it just makes a lot of sense. So those are my two picks for, for the running backs. Yeah. Um... I'll be honest with Henry. I feel like the only team he really makes a huge impact would be that would be the Ravens. Um, I mean, other side note that just popped into my head. I feel like Gus Edwards is going to be on the Ravens for like seven more years and just like be the RB. Always is there. Just 20 tutties. A year. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, Yeah. Um, But yeah, I think he's, he's still like a good player. I just, I don't see what other team would would really see their offense elevated by a Derrick Henry signing. Like, like I again, like I don't know why they would do this, but I guess like the Cardinals could really use like a power back. But like the Cardinals are so weird. Yeah, that would be so weird. Like this isn't Madden. Like <laughs> probably going to the Ravens is my point here. Um, yeah, I mean, I still think he's a good player. Has some power. Has lost like a bit of the step. Obviously, was never the like most agile running back because he's 250 freaking pounds but i still think he can be productive still has long speed still has big playability but also at the same time is like 
seen as a power back who can get you some tough yards. So that's a pretty good combination. Um, like you said with Saquon, like that just feels too perfect. Him going yeah. to Houston. Um, yeah, I mean, I've loved Saquon as a player. Obviously, I'd love to see him not be on a division rival anymore. I'll say this: pay freaking running backs, man. I yeah. think like. Like, I'm not giving Saquon, like, a five-year deal because he could, you know, in two years not be good anymore. But if we get the Saquon, you know, we've seen for most of his career when he's been healthy, I just – he's just worth – like, he's worth $12 million or $13 million or whatever it could be. He's worth that money. Um, The Giants have no good playmakers on offense. And, and I've seen – of course, I'm listening to, like, ESPN Radio – and this is where I'm getting getting some information from. But they were like, yeah, like, I understand wanting to keep Saquon, but if you pay him, you know, you're probably, he's probably, like, your number one weapon. I don't think that's true. I think they're going to take one of the top receivers in the class at number six. So I think Saquon is, you know, someone who, yeah, if you had a real receiving core and a real quarterback, yeah, it would be a, a lot team. easier for him. Yeah, like... <laughs> I mean, go figure, like, the poor guys had bad offensive lines, bad passing games, um, and until Dable, you know, pretty bad coaching for his entire career, I just feel like if he stays healthy, he's still so talented that he can, you know, transform an offense. Feels like with the Texans, you know, they wouldn't have to give him 350 touches a year, which is probably the best thing for his long-term future. Um. So that feels like the team that makes sense to me. But again, if I'm the Giants, like, I mean, I guess he's, I guess he's not necessarily aligned with your timeline. Like, by the time the Giants are really good, which I'd imagine they're planning on, like, you know, trying to build up the roster this year, see if Daniel Jones can can be a starting quarterback. Yeah. Um, and then think about you know what you want to do. So it just feels like they're a few years away. So I guess I would get it from that perspective, but I just feel like Saquon's too good of a player to let go for like under $15 million a year. Yeah. Um, so I do feel like he just, the Giants, you know, come to their senses and say, we're keeping you at all costs. Um, interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, Saquon yeah. will be interesting. Uh, I was looking at his stats too, and it's like, I think also like you just kind of take into account that he's been on a terrible offense with a terrible O-line. Like I think him and Houston – not that their O line is like some generational talents on there, but I mean, it's I better though. Better, yeah. Like, and I think, you know, with the, at least their passing game too. You know, we're not going to see teams just stack the box with every freaking person. Um, last guy, Bryce Huff, um, had a great year with the Jets. You know, he said it himself. He's going where the money is, um, which you kind of respect. I mean, you know, uh, you know, an undrafted guy like him, you know potentially getting a contract maybe 20 million a year i don't know maybe a little less but like go after it um i you know i'll go i think a team that makes too much sense is the commanders um stop stealing traded... my picks man <laughs> <laughs> we have all the same picks um yeah. and we literally created this list like an hour ago right before the show so we haven't even had time to think about it um but yeah i think They've got so much money. I don't think they're really in the spot where they should be signing some of these guys like a Tyron Smith or going after a Mike Evans or one of these running backs. Like, it doesn't make sense with their timeline. They're going to draft a quarterback this year and kind of just reset. But I think Bryce Huff makes sense. He's still young. 
Um, you know, he, he would be a great pass rusher for them. And you got to use your money on someone. I mean, you can't let just $100 million just rot. Um, so Bryce Huff makes sense to me. I think it would be a good signing for them and, uh, you know, can be a key piece of that D-line going forward. So, yeah, I'll, I'll go with the commanders. I'll keep it short and sweet. Yeah, I, I don't have too much else to add here about the commanders. Like, they need edge desperately. I think he might be a better player or a similar caliber player to a Chase Young who they just traded. Um, The other team I could see making sense here would be the Cardinals for similar reasons. Yeah, I they, like that. They have actually. a lot of money. They have a need at edge. They need to spend money on someone. Um. So I guess it almost just comes down to which shitty team wants to pay more for him. Um, although I, I do think Bryce Huff is a very good player. Um, I don't think the Jets make sense both because of cost, team needs, but mainly because they spent a first round pick on an edge rush for the last two years, which I don't get that. Um, yeah. Well, the Jermaine see. makes Jermaine makes sense. Jermaine makes sense. Jermaine makes that sense. Year. Jermaine's been great too. I mean, he had a Pro Bowl caliber season, but yeah, last year and you've got JSN Addison. You know who's the other one? I'm trying to think of. Um, um, flowers. Yeah, you could have one of those guys, and then extend Huff, and then. But now you need you have question marks at both those spots. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Jets have definitely made some mistakes. They had Nicole um, Hardman sending the plays away to the Eagles. I mean, oh my god. They still beat us though. <laughs> yeah, I know. It didn't even matter. <laughs> 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 Yeah, I mean, for yeah, I guess um, I was just thinking about like what teams are gonna have like have a very important off season coming for them. Um, and I think the big one that comes to mind for me is the Bears. Obviously, they have the number one overall pick, but besides that, it just feels like. They have DJ Moore and they traded for Montez Sweat and the offensive line finally isn't god awful. And I just think that if there's going to be a team next year who repeats what CJ Stroud and the Texans were able to do, I would not be surprised if it if it's the Bears, especially if they go with with a Caleb Williams, um, which does seem more and more likely at this point. Um, yeah, I mean, first of all. Why why do we care what Caleb Williams like like he paints his nails? Like, are we really like like come on? Like, is that the reason you shouldn't be drafting someone? Like, <laughs> like what are we doing? Like, like I guess I can understand that the personality, especially for a position like quarterback, yeah. matters, but it's like this guy is probably the first prospect we've seen that it's like, oh, he can do a lot of the things Mahomes can do. Um and I don't say that lightly, like he's gotten that sort of Mahomes-esque, Rodgers-esque comp, but like it is warranted. Like he has some special playmaking instincts, some special arm angles he's able to make throws from. So I just feel like Caleb Williams is like being overthought as a prospect. And I think the Bears have a lot of ways to improve the rest of their roster, including that ninth pick, a lot of money. Not a not a ton of huge free agents. Um, obviously they've already extended Montez Sweat, so I think the Bears are in for a very telling off season. Obviously, it feels like the 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 clock is starting to tick on on their GM. Right, it's 
It's Ryan something. It's either Ryan Poles, Bowles, yeah. Poles, yeah, yeah. And, and Eberflus feels like their their clock is starting to tick just because they've had the number one pick back-to-back years, although this this year not their own pick. But um, that's cr- also crazy that that happened. <laughs> like, the, the number trade. one overall pick, yeah. Wild stuff. Um, that might be one of the worst. I mean, Bryce Young could end up being a great player, but that might be one of the worst trades. We'll, we'll see. Yeah, I mean, they just... They weren't ready for a quarterback at all. Like, and they traded yeah. away their star receiver as well. Yeah, I mean, like, what was it? They moved up eight spots. Eight spots for like DJ Moore, and then the number one pick of the year after that. Like, oh, yeah, that's a big. That's a. Big... I mean, that's like literally like a franchise altering draft for the bear or a trade for the Bears potentially. Like, literally. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, like they especially could if get... Caleb turns out to be the guy, like. Yeah. Oh um I mean, yeah, the the Panthers Oof, that is a tough. I would not want to be a Panthers fan, man. Like who's like if Brian Burns gets traded, like who's your like like who's your best player? Like Derek Brown? Like, oh man. Yeah. It's rough times. That's what it's, it is rough times. Rough um times. I don't have a ton else on free agency. Um yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously like the big the big domino well i mean it's a little different than the nba where it feels like the first best player will sign and then everyone else will kind of fall into place guys are kind of just going to sign when they're going to yeah, sign they're, they're going to do their own thing get their money figured out um we'll talk more there's still a lot of names and good ones out there so we'll have another probably 10 or so that we'll do next week um as well as you know mock drafts we'll we'll start you know, I don't know if we'll do next week, maybe next week, but definitely, you know, either the probably the week after that, then um, we'll do our first mock draft and, and do, you know, three to five of those, hopefully, as we get closer to the NFL draft. Um, but I mean, I don't have anything else to say. So if you want to wrap it up, I think that's probably probably good. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much for watching, guys. Make sure to like, comment, subscribe if you haven't already. Um, like Chris said, like this, this is honestly one of my favorite times of the year. Yep. In the NFL, um, you know, the draft is just such a cool thing. You know, yeah. the comp, the comp picks, and you know the way teams are building their teams nowadays. The the draft is just so important. Yeah. Um, and you know, obviously, the combine is is something that I've you know is is going on, and I've been thinking about recently. Like, I wonder when we're gonna get to the point of um like GPS tracking data being really important. Um, yeah. This is a bit of a side note, but I, I just <laughs> wonder when, when that's going to become a thing. Uh, I guess so like, we'll know what guys athleticism's like before the 40 times. I, I just wonder if that'll ever become like, you know, just something that changes. But like I said, um, this is a very exciting time. Like a ton of moves are going to be made. Yep. Um, yeah. I mean, mock drafts are so fun for me for whatever reason. I'm really looking forward to those. Um, yep. Looking forward to making some moves with my Eagles to make me feel better about, you know, the disaster of last season. But uh, thank you guys so much for watching. We'll see you next week on Outside the Arena.